Timbuktu. Yeah, buddy. Hey, hello. Yeah, we did. We did it. Happy Friday. <laughs> Is it Friday? Oh, yeah. It's we Friday. don't we cool. don't usually record on a Friday, but here we are. <laughs> Thanks for being flexible. And hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to uh, Dismembering Horror. If you're listening to this when it comes out, happy Thursday. If not, happy whatever day it is. But yes, this is Dismembering Horror, specifically episode 78 of Dismembering Horror, the podcast show where myself, Ryan McDuffie, and myself, Tim Aslan, we dismember <laughs> a horror film every week, in fact. And what does it mean to dismember a horror film, Tim? It means we watch a horror film and then we tear it apart. Mm-hmm. Dismember it. Yeah. That's it. That's how, it. But Tim, how we tear it apart, how we dismember it is Does we it talk matter? about limb what, by limb. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the first limb is what worked for us. That's right. Then what didn't work for us. And then anything we found interesting or noteworthy. It's sort of like the arms are the what worked for us mm-hmm. and the legs are what didn't work for us. And the head is the last bit you got to take off. And it's the things of note. Uh in order of how to disable someone, sure. I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna try to dwell on that analogy too much. Um, well, you know, kind of like in this movie that we watched. Yeah, some good. You got to go for the head. Yeah, exactly. The movie we watched is Bedeviled, also known as the whole story of Kim Boknam murder case. Oh, is that the just? That's the actual. Korean translation of the Korean title of this movie. I wonder where they got bedeviled. Yeah, it was, I actually tried to find that and couldn't find anything that said where or why. Anyway, oh, I'm well. sure this is one that popped up on wherever, wherever we get anything, wherever we get any of our horror movies on a list. A, <laughs> Some a, list. An internet thread of recommendations. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you remember if you found this one i don't think i, I just mean, don't remember a lot of the times i just assume the like the foreign ones i always try to seek I out i kind of assume that too um but i don't know probably i get oh. excited about it but it was kind of funny tim right getting this right after martyrs to have two intense revenge movies in a row dude yeah <laughs> oh my god kind of yeah if you're listening to these back-to-back live here you go a lot of um re- women revenge tales i'm into it <laughs> me too Oh, Cut by the way, have the you head. seen, uh, have you seen, I saw the devil yet? <laughs> oh my God. No. Okay. Did you end up how seeing many, how many episodes? I've seen nothing lately. You almost went and saw. I know. I color out of space. I couldn't, I didn't have time. Go see it. I know. I, there, there's like eight movies right now that I need to see. But like you got me, you Parasite, said. Parasite, I still need to see. But you, when you said like, oh, I might go see color out of space tonight. I, I thought just... I could that night and then I couldn't. I forget why. I think I had a rehearsal. I'm something. saying just keep that to the top of the list. Okay. Because it may not be out as well, long true. as the others. Yeah. Okay. Hey, where were we? Okay. Yes. Know. Now, where tr- are we? We, we, talk, we said we're saying we're watching Bedeviled, or we did watch it. That's what we're talking about. So then we watched mm. the trailer. We play the trailer for you and us. So let's just do that. How about that? Yeah. All right. Here it. it is. Bedeviled. 
잊지 말고 국시라도 말어야 여자 남자 조슬 물고 살아야 편한겨 나하고 연이 서울에 데려가면 안 되겠냐 왜 그래? 그 was a whole lot of just booms yep. for, for you the audience. <laughs> it was we will say that the trailer has some uh titling come up and it says Bucknam is not uh what was stupid. the first word? Stupid and then not angry and then not crazy. And, and then, then a lot of the booms were specifically bedeviled coming up. Yeah. Bedeviled. bedeviled. And like her looking threatening. Yeah. So there you go. Because <laughs> you didn't get much else from that. <laughs> and painted very much as a, um, well, I mean, it is like a thriller horror, but yeah. it takes, it, it's, it, it, it milks it. It, it leads <laughs> up to it. <laughs> Dude. I mean, the whole movie is just like. Tension. Just yeah. making us fucking hate everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For for like an hour and 40 minutes. That's kind of your favorite though, right? I I the, the once the the catharsis yeah, happens. Yes, very much so. Because as you well remember about maybe halfway through, I was just like cut that motherfucker's head off, please. <laughs> stab him. Stab him. And then it eventually happens, but like when I said that, we still had another 20 minutes at least of of just tension. And I think the film was and a better film for it. Probably. Yeah, probably. But uh, man, there is a limit, I think, where it's like, we better get what we like, what we're now wanting or else like, I'm going to be super upset. Well, can you, it, you know what I mean? can you translate that into how yeah. you rate this for our rating system? <laughs> uh, if you tell yourself to avoid it, I, stream it, rent it or buy it. Okay, yeah. So I would have told my I would have been really pissed off if the catharsis didn't like really land. And I and it would have made it mm, it would have made it a stream, I think, for me. I think even if the catharsis hadn't worked, there's still a lot of good. So it'd still be watchable and and streamable, but it would just be a drama actually is what it would have been. Um, and a really upsetting one, <laughs> but yeah, um, it's, so I would say I'm very, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a rent, but a, like a hardcore rent. Yeah. Ditto. But I guess I did. It's hard for me to, even though like, okay, Ryan, it's like the subject matter that's going on though is horror or Ibble. No, I agree. I agree. It's, it's Maybe beyond would... just kind of, I don't know, some feels like Daniel Day-Lewis would be in it kind of thing. Like, <laughs> the, it's. But would you call there might be, there will be blood not like anything other than a drama? It's a P.T. Anderson movie. <laughs> I know that's true. Because <laughs> I could, you, I mean, I think you could borderline make the argument that that movie is 
close to a horror film. Yeah, like Foxcatcher is one of my favorite films of recent oh, times. That's a good movie. And, um, you know, you say, oh, it's a drama, but I heard someone describe it as a horror film in slow motion. The director did, I think. No, it was someone oh, else no? reviewing it. Yeah, but someone who was like a comedian, I want to say, or a name person. Anyways. Interesting. I don't know. You I've, know, I've heard that. Yeah. Not for labels, Quote. man. <laughs> no, I agree. That's fine. I it, it just I kept thinking there for a while. I was thinking, oh shit, did we are we watching the wrong bedeviled? Here's the because thing. there is another bedeviled that came up when I was yeah. searching for this. That I guess is just a U.S. No, here's the thing, thing though, because like all that tension or not avert killing that you know that the bulk of the film is you mean like just awful abuse yeah 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 the <laughs> that was necessary to then make the stuff at the end the, the, no the more question. typically like called horror mm -hmm. um stuff at the end it made that work mm -hmm. so i mean i don't know i i guess i don't so much look at it as like running time is the defining factor like content of running time mm -hmm. you know but more so just if the content's there at all, like if it goes to that place, it's then that's where it is for me as a whole. And now here is just more, you know, a matter of, well, what is, you know, or any film, what does it take to get there? And this just mm -hmm. happened to be one where the tension was really prolonged, I think. And that, but because yeah. of the level of realism, because of anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that depending on the filmmaker, really, you, you know, I think a lot of people would not have prolonged the sort of, uh, what do you call it? The lead up mm -hmm. as long as this movie did. And I think a lot of people could uh, or did or will or whatever argue that it was too long of a lead up. I, I mean, we'll yeah. discuss it. I, I'm not sure I'm one of those people. There was a moment... In there where I started to go, okay, what the fuck? Like, what, is something going to happen? And then it, the movie did a, did its thing. And, right. I, and I stopped having that thought. So, whatever. Okay, I had a thought on that. I'll save it for our official Ooh, what okay. worked Great. section. Cool. Okay, you want, oh, yeah, as I try to get that down, how about our summary? All right, let me summarize. How about we start with this, Tim, the very short summary from Letterboxd. Okay. A woman subject to mental, physical, and sexual abuse on a remote island seeks a way out. There you go. <laughs> Anything you'd like to the add? The whole story of Kim Bok Nam murder case. Yeah. Of the Kim Bok Nam murder <laughs> case. That's that's the story. Um. Yeah. I mean, that is that is what it's about. But to summarize a little bit more fully. Please, with names. You've got... Oh, great. You've got essentially three main characters and then a, a handful of sub-characters. But Heiwan... Is that right? Does that seem right? Yeah. Okay. So Heiwan is a woman who lives in Seoul, in the city. And she's a bank teller. And she is an asshole. But so is kind of a lot of people around her, except for like one co-worker and whatever. Um, but she's an asshole and she, I don't know why she just doesn't like her life or something, but, uh, 
she assholes a little too hard and gets I mean, put we, on leave. We come to know why, <laughs> what her issues are. Do we? We do? Wait. Her deeply buried resentment to herself for betraying a childhood friend or family member. Okay. I can get behind that. I didn't really, I didn't really connect the overall impact like in her adult life of that early moment the flashbacks tied it all for me yeah well it made it make sense to me but i that's an interesting point of like is that sort of the undercurrent that moment is the undercurrent of her i mean people's in life people's psychological traps don't change like that right okay so yeah so She's an asshole. She sees she sees dudes beating like beating up a fucking woman in the street and she's like the only witness to ID these these assholes, these other assholes. <laughs> and, and like in the police station, she's like, "Yeah, I don't know." <laughs> and we're like, "That Come guy on. doesn't he's not wearing the ring that the the one guy was wearing, so Anyways. maybe it's not him." It's like, "Dude, you so she suck." S- she slaps someone at the b- bank or lending firm or whatever it is. Oh, she slapped her coworker. And then her she slapped her coworker for being nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's like what the fuck? Haywan <laughs> sucks. She's such a jerk. So so the, she gets put on administrative leave, kind of, or yeah, whatever, take for a, a week. Take a vacation. So she takes a vacation to her childhood <laughs> home, which is an island that's inhabited by like I don't know, fifteen women and and two dudes. And in, no, two dudes and an invalid man. Oh right, yeah, the third dude he just sits there eating greens. Apparently, he has Alzheimer's. Okay. Um, I didn't put that together, but it's in the it's in the Wikipedia. So there you go. Um, right. And so they, you know, they're, they're sort of a, what would you call that? Kind of like almost communish, uh, you know, women do basically all the work, like they're, they're tilling the fields and fishing and doing all sorts of shit. And the two dudes who are brothers, they're kind of just like the handymen who like help out here and there. But the women there are completely sort of like in this weird uh mentality of like subservience to these two men really to the one main guy whose name is well it's subservient not so much specifically to them but i mean it they are but subservient to the very idea of just these old-fashioned right like yes a a woman's purpose is to serve the man and that should be all that she needs to make her happy and find fulfillment yeah and if you don't buy into that you're a you're a total pariah. You're like you're crazy. Yeah, exactly. So Menjong is the is the main dude, and he's got a brother. Um, I think is Choljong. Yeah, Choljong. Um, okay. So when we get yeah, I know, right? Jesus, I'm gonna tell the whole fucking movie. So Haewon gets to the island. Her her childhood friend greets her there and is super excited to see her. And then we find out that that woman Boknan is getting the shit beat out of her by her asshole husband, Man Chong. And they, uh, she has a daughter, not by him, um, but they're together. And he's the worst. And his brother is also the worst, uh, who is also like systematically raping her. Um, and uh, Hei Wan just kind of hangs out. 
and largely observes this abuse. We learn that they have a backstory together when they were growing up as two girls on the island together. Mm -hmm. And that there's a bunch of other young boys on the island, including the guy who's now her husband and his brother. Right. Um, Finally, Kim Boknam reaches a breaking point, kills everyone with a sickle. And That's then right. escapes. Well, before that, the 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 ter- the real turning point is that they try. She tries to get the fuck off the island with her daughter, and yeah. it fails. And her daughter, in the ensuing f- fracas that her husband causes over this, he ends up killing her daughter. Yep. He like pushes her off of him, and she dies. Um, Head on the rock. Yeah. And then they gaslight the fuck out of Baknam. The entire village basically says, oh, no, 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 no. She's crazy. And everything she's saying is bullshit. And and the guy is totally exonerated. And the pivotal moment is that Baknam looks to Heiwan and says, can you just attest for the fact that he fucking killed my daughter? And Heiwan again says, no, no, no. What they're saying is is true. She's wrong. So yeah. she she has a, I don't know. Right. Yeah. She has an opportunity to insert herself into this other crime. And she again chooses to not be involved, which is later comes back around because we see a flashback of when Baknam was raped by all these kids on the island, presumably the time that she got pregnant with this daughter. And Heiwan uh, fucking watched that happen and did nothing then either. So she sucks. And then Bucknam goes fucking just just destructo on all of them. And then she follows Heiwan off the island and they have a final fight. Yep. Great. And oh, and then she, yeah. And then Heiwan, though, is the. I don't want to say the victor, but she survives. The survivor, yeah. <laughs> and Bucknam. Believe it or not. Dies. Okay, great. Let's do it. Uh, next section. Thanks for bearing with us. What worked? What worked? Was that? What worked? What worked? What worked for you? What worked for you? It worked like a charm, Smith. What worked? Well, so we already said, I mean, this drawn out tension and just sort of it's it's slow motion dominoes Mm -hmm. is what it felt like to me, where it's just like, oh, fuck. And there's so many of them like it's Mm -hmm. never ending Um, is so it's so fucking good. Well, it goes. okay, Yeah, I guess this there's a horror in there that's not necessarily obvious at the when it leads to that final like what it's all building to like why that was so effective for me in like another sense as making it a horror film was it to to, to tease me along to make me hate these people that much without any catharsis like tim it takes me it takes like a lot a lot for me nowadays to sort of feel like I can get behind wanting to see or, or like just emotionally, like beyond mm-hmm. my intellectual beliefs of just kind of being nonviolence per, mm-hmm. like person. I, it, yeah, it takes me a lot for me to build up to like being able to want to, you know, see it in a kind of real world setting right, like this. Right. So, so then once by teasing it so long, I'm feeling it too. And I'm like, I'm like cheering for this horrible stuff 
to happen. And that that terrifies me on another level yeah. still that we're still, you know, that we're we're all human in that way, too. But yeah. it's it's I, I commend and enjoy film and it's working for me when it can just bring that out in me again. I think that the the real success of of how this film is constructed is that in just under two hours it gets us really to viscerally feel what a lifetime of abuse could be like and how how it can drive you to a state of fucking complete just not insanity but just like you cannot fucking live in that world anymore. Mm-hmm. And you go, yeah, no shit. Of co- This is, yeah, I would fucking want to kill all these people. They're the worst people. And enough is enough. Like enough fucking abuse. And it worked so well, just not only in that empathizing way with her, as exactly as you said, but also in object, like not objectively, but like outwardly just kind of, wanting the best for her and seeing mm-hmm. her suffer too mm-hmm. like it really got to me and really worked for me by the end when um when haywan is opening baknam's letters that she never opened oh and my there's God. just it's so heartbreaking there's so much like humanity and just kind of the sweetness of mm-hmm. what she's saying and to see her handwritten a handwritten letter and like hearing the tone in the voice yeah. of, oh, I hope you're well. And then combine that with how excited she was when she arrived at the island. And you're right, just like. Because she's thought this whole time that that's why she's there, that she's been opening letters and that she's been there. She's coming to fucking save her. It just We see like. She's not. But she's just the, like, we see she's just one of those like really sweet, good people. In the like, face of the worst yeah, you shit, know, right? Yeah. Like she's still able to have that. Like that's, who, who she is at her core. Right. Right. Yeah. It's amazing. So that's just, <laughs> that really got to me and was affecting too. Like mm-hmm. from that, not just the, the empathy of feeling like we're in the situation with her, but just like, oh man. Well, and I think that's a testament <laughs> her. To, to, I mean, obviously the writing, but like that, her characterization, like the actress, whoo. Yeah. She's <laughs> fucking amazing. Right. Right. Like, it, it, it it's really hard not to like her immediately. Seo Young Hee. Yeah, like she's fucking really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I've seen anything else with her, but whatever. She is amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, the plight, I guess, sort of the her plight is very clear. And her characterization makes us really get on board with you know, wanting her to succeed, like her to like have a fucking better life. And it's just so tragic. And there is an escalation too. Cause it's like, okay, first the husband is the abuser. Then it's the husband's no, brother-in-law. No, the first the brother, I think. Anyway. Right? Yeah. It's, yeah. We so get it's a first, little separated. Like, and then we get there abusing ugh. the daughter too. Ugh. And then we get that and the whole the, island is complacent with it. And the old, the old, the main old woman is so fucking hateful. Call her the matriarch. <laughs> Dude. Mademoiselle. Yeah, mademoiselle. She's so hateful. It, it It is one of those things that just makes you want to fucking scream. That, yeah. And honestly, that's what gets to me as the scary, like as horrible that. as everything that we just said is. I think we've talked about this before, yes. but the... 
you can intellectualize that though. It's like, okay, I get, I can see how this is all plugged into a cycle of abuse mm-hmm, and neglect mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. But then there's something about when you have these sort of older figures who you want to be able to look at as a source for some, some kind of knowledge, what they learned, whatever, get the term, the matriarchs. Mm-hmm. But we see that they're all the very source of all this, right. this distress and horribleness and this cycle. And that is just so, that kind of terror, like, and it's their certainty, how unshakable they are. Mm-hmm. That's so terrifying. Well, and yeah, even, even when we get to the point where the matriarch knows that Baknam is, has gone off the rails and is killing people, she still is like sort of justifying the behavior. You know, she still do- cannot see why Baknam would get to that point. It's because it's and, not her reality. Right. She and that, like that is that's horror. Right. <laughs> like that fucking thing. Even even in the face of like, holy shit, we pushed her too far. Right. She still can't see it. And I thought what this film did was sort of use that kind of that kind of story and show it well in a lot of um just metaphor and not too over the head metaphors or symbology or whatever you want to call it. Like as far as that one shot when it shows um Baknam's body and she fades into the island, then all of a sudden all these thoughts we've been having about how like these matriarchal figures, like you just said, the old woman, her unchanging ways that are so terrifying, how kind of the idea of being isolated on mm-hmm. an island mm-hmm. is just kind of this this melting, churning pot of yeah. horror. When you have no outside influence and it's only bad stuff going on unless yeah. someone tries to, you know, break through and bring some good into it it's just gonna get worse so so that so that shot of the island being like her and that the one of this kind of uh undulating like though on the water yeah just that idea of a person as an island of of Mm -hmm. you know their their own unchanging ways Mm -hmm. and how they have to get off their own oh whatever again it's like you know what it's there what it makes me think of is um, we've kind of talked about certitude and like being like, yeah, I know a thing. And and, that, and it's just this cause I know it. People are fucking crazy. Like they make stuff up and decide that it's the truth all the time. And I think that's actually, it's kind of a thing like the Island is kind of a good metaphor for that because like the matriarch is saying like constantly throughout this movie, she's like, oh, people in Seoul are like, Seoul is dirty. And like, you don't, why would you ever want to go there? We have everything we need here. Like there's this sort of like that place is bullshit and we're, we're right. That is constantly kind of reinforced. I remember when I moved, when I decided to move to LA from New York city and I started telling like my friends, all of them were like, "Ugh, why would you go to LA? LA's the worst. You're going to fucking hate it. And I'd be like, oh, shit, really? Like, should I not go? Like, why? Like, when were you there? Like, and they what's, don't go. See, what's look bad? at here in the encyclopedia. It says LA is horrible. <laughs> right. So I would ask them, I'd be like, well, what's bad about like, what have you been there? You know, like, why shouldn't I go? And they're like, oh, I've never been there. I would never go there. Fuck LA. <laughs> and it's like, what are you talking about? What the fuck are you talking about? You're just making a thing up. Because you saw an episode of fucking The O.C. or something. Like, what the fuck? And then there's just something 
But the certitude of it, yeah. I hate that shit. Satisfyingly horrible and kind of unnervingly realistic when it is these old Korean women just saying they're kind of, nope, this is how the world is. Yeah. Nope, the wife has to serve the husband. Well, and the irony of like, you want to fucking believe them because of this construct of like respecting the elders and that they've lived a life that is worth, you know, the knowledge that they've accrued over time so like we we want to fucking buy in and but that's horrible it's right. horrifying that they're what we're wanting to buy into they're just fucking deluded themselves to um to pick up on the thread again i was I was getting at with the symbolism mm-hmm. like being there but never too forced or trite the two examples i loved oh, of that there's a f- yeah. um was the knife like the phallus like when she's 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 licking it yeah and like you know really and actually getting him like really getting him going off of it by licking like yeah it's how she dis and it's just fascinating how she disarms him from killing her uh-huh. is to like use that power yeah the over one him. The, the only thing that she's been you know that she like the only tool in her sort of belt that she still has because mm-hmm. he's such a fucking he's such a caveman and then as far as that symbology when she reverses the knife in her mouth because her hands are tied behind her back so she's holding it in her mouth with the, the handle, handle yeah. and then runs at him and stabs him yeah and then it looks like she's you know she's getting him off right and but it, that symbology of being like this this reverse pleasure to killing, it's mm-hmm. kind of like the biting the dick off in a way, right, but, right. but with a knife as the dick itself, it was just great. Yeah. <laughs> There's another one that I re- that's very subtle. And I guess if, you know, if you know more about Korean culture, this wouldn't be not obvious, but um, it wasn't obvious to us. There's a, the scene when she's cha- uh, is chasing, I think the older lady, the matriarch. I think that's right. She's chasing her through kind of the landscape, and there are these mounds. So she's it's they're burial mounds, mm-hmm. and she's like, uh, you know, she's going on her killing rampage, and she's chasing her through base, basically a fucking graveyard. Mm-hmm. But it's very subtle because it's not, you know. Well, it's subtle to me. It's like if they had literally been in a graveyard, it might have been a little like, you know, with tombstones and stuff like that, like a a Western graveyard. It might have felt a little on the nose. But this was just sort of the landscape, right? And that's, you know, because of how the mounds have grass has grown over them and whatever. It's just kind of nice looking. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's doing a couple things of like... They're having to kind of weave between them. So it's like, it's a little bit like feels like a maze kind of. There's a yeah, lot to and, that and kind of stuff. To try to get at the symbolism more because it's fun and that's what we're doing here. I guess those people, the, the dead people who are buried there almost represent the the generation or the people that came before her. Mm-hmm, How she, mm-hmm. even she right. is the victim in her own way. Definitely. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, there's a lot of very subtle stuff like that. Yeah, my... I think my last favorite one where it's like there's symbolism there, but it's so just kind of out there and great and atypical um, that it's just great uh, was we we have set up this flute from their childhood. Mm. It's a recorder. Okay? The, a recorder. Let, let's be very. It's an ivory recorder. I appreciate it. It is like it's like the recorder <laughs> you learn in fourth grade. That's you right. Know? Yeah. But we have 
As kids, uh, Baknam always like loved. She couldn't play it and would hand it over to Heiwan mm-hmm. and say, "Yo, play it for me. Play this tune." It was just kind of their their thing together. So then, in the end, in their final fracas as adults, it comes back as a, a weapon. Oh, first of all, the symbolism, the meaning is there. It's worth mentioning it in that first time when they were kids and they got attacked by the boys, they broke it, yeah. and it was used as I don't know if it was used as anyway that sort of. The, the the recorder breaking almost represents their yeah. whatever relationship yeah. breaking. And then so to that be used, the broken recorder as the final weapon that then gets stabbed into her throat and yeah. blood is coming out of it. Oh, it's so good. Yep. What do you think's going on in there, though? In the recorder? In the, in the, the <laughs> if you had to pick apart the what that symbolism can mean for you or that represents for you. Well, yeah. I think that the the biggest thing is, is, and maybe not the recorder itself being, actually, I mean, the using a recorder as the instrument, a recorder is really rudimentary, right? Like it's not as complex as a flute, but it's a kind of hard instrument to be great at, right? And so it's kind of one of these things that's like, you give it to kids because you can do the basics on it, but then nobody really grows up to become a amazing recorder artist, Mm -hmm. right? They move on to another instrument, a more advanced instrument. And so there's something childlike about the recorder, but like it's kind of a hard thing to play. And so there's something interesting to me just musically about using that as the fucking instrument. It's a child's instrument, but it's a complex instrument as well. Totally, yeah. And so so it makes sense that that that's the thing that 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 she can't do well, Baknam can't do well, and Heiwan can, because she sort of represents the ideology uh, or the what is that? What is the word? The the she's idolized by Baknam. Yeah. Heiwan is in on all sort of fronts. Oh, she lives in Seoul. Exactly. There's all of that. Like she's the one who got off the island. She's the one who has this great life, all this shit that's not true. It's all imagined, right? But she's also the one who can play the recorder well, right, as a child. And so the envy of that, I think, exists. And to have that thing broken, the thing that, like, connects her to envying Heiwan Mm -hmm. is is literally broken, is sort of representative of the trust, uh, you know, of... She should have fucking said something when the boys are raping her the first time and right. sort of sets all of that up. It makes it all tie together. I, to me. I was going to, yeah, say something, arrive at the exact same place, but get there a little differently was, yes, it's as if the recorder represents that fracturing of the relationship and it is high Wan's doing by not mm-hmm. helping mm-hmm. Bakunam, then it's kind of this tragic, like... <laughs> Rather than Bak Nam using it to kill Hei Wan as this, like, finally now, like, our broken friendship, I'm getting back at you. Mm-hmm. It's almost like Hei Wan's doing the betrayal that she's been doing all along, yeah. except it's just the ultimate killing her, you know? Yeah. like it's the, worst, it's the worst object that she could use to kill, to be killed by. Yeah. Ba- that Bak Nam could be killed by. Right. And, and you know, when... There's sort of a, a cool moment there when she, you know, stabs Baknam in the throat with it or the neck. They cut to a, a single shot of Hei Wan 
and she's sort of just like shocked and still and then starts screaming. And it sort of feels like this thing of like her finally getting it. Mm-hmm. You know, like all of this shit, she finally has to scream the horror of it all. Because mm-hmm. it's not a, it's a weird scream. And I think it's purposefully re- weird. It, it's, it's got a lot in it. Yeah. <laughs> um, to, I guess, work off against more specific moments, horror things. Mm-hmm. I loved it. The ending that we just talked about, their final fracas, how Bakanam, she like gets in that mode of almost like a Terminator style where she seems to take on this sort of unshakable yeah. superpowers where she gets, oh my God, where she gets hit and shot at and she just like, you know, ain't no thing, just keeps coming at him. When she gets hit, uh, Hewan picks up a billy club in the police station right. and hits her across the head with it and it does nothing. <laughs> And the movie's so that is amazing. And it it works like the movie's so realistic and you know done in that style that we buy it as just like oh my god she's yeah. just work like the, her power of crazy and determination is just superseding she's physical pain. She's carrying a fucking sledgehammer around <laughs> yeah. and winging that thing after is, getting shot. After, yes, it's awesome. <laughs> no, I really think that it needed that. It needed that sort of over-the-top, I don't know if it's over-the-top, but just intense. Well, to show that she's a sleeping dragon just in That's her right. power this whole time. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah, they unlocked it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, uh, straw broke the camel's back. Yeah, it's fucking, yeah, it's that, the whole end sequence is fucking awesome. Yeah, and I mean, even, or I guess what else, is other like... Maybe horror trope things. Yeah, you're. Right. It just does feel enough. Just drama, tragedy, almost puts feels weird putting it in terms of like the slasher weapon. But hey, the sickle, awesome as a give <laughs> murder weapon. Fuck yeah! <laughs> right. I like when she throws. She throws the. Well, we don't see it, but she throws the brother's head into the fucking branches above the guy above the well, so they eventually see it. Take that. Yeah. Get ready. <laughs> <laughs> also, the um, the main matriarch woman getting her uh, her comeuppance. Where we're so, well, it's like if we couldn't hate her enough, she throws the daughter's book off the cliff. Yeah, don't learn stuff. Yeah, and then so then her comeuppance, of course, is she she just, I want to say falls, but she actually thinks she can make it into the water when she's getting pushed up against the yeah. cliff and it kind of does a, a half-hearted jump and then just lands in the rocks below. It's the arrogance of it mm-hmm. that is so good because she st- stands on the edge of the cliff and she's like, I'm not going to fucking let you kill me. The men are coming. I can swim out to them because I'm fucking strong and I can still swim and I'll swim to that fucking boat right now. Bye. Yeah. Pew. And, and then she, nope. no, just kidding. Could have been maybe a step too far, but it's fun to imagine what if it had showed like her next to the book when she landed. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Um, I love the, the descent into, um, I guess the breaking point of Bachnam is so good. Mm-hmm. Like from the point of the daughter's death, and the performance of her flip, like once she flips out and like the do- like the motherfucker who's like put some bean paste on everything. Oh, we got to talk about the bean paste. Dude, that the whole bean paste. like keeping that going throughout 
is fucking one of the best things that ever. That was one of the best things ever and how it finally paid off. Yeah. Can you just tell? If- yeah, yeah, yeah. So so initially, um, he's a real dickhead and he, you know, uh, Baknam is, is tending to the bees and the honey and he's just sitting there like a piece of shit yelling at her saying she's lazy or whatever and then he throws a rock and hits the fucking bee basically it's like yeah and she gets stung a bunch she keeps no matter what her injury is that happens throughout it yeah he just keeps telling her put the bean paste on it put the bean paste yeah so he tells her to do it with that he tells her with like two other things but he uses it as this whole cover for his abuse as if just put the bean paste on it yeah it'll be fine finally yeah when she tears him up with the knife and the sick, oh no, and the sledgehammer, she covers him in bean paste. Dude. Well, and she says, he, he, like, before he dies, like, before he's dead and he's, like, kind of gargling and she's just slashed the shit out of him, he's, like, looking at her, like, Ugh, and she's, like, just put some bean paste on it. Yeah. So, and then she drags his body over to the bean paste and dumps a fuckload of it on him. I agree. The last scene was good, but I think that whole sequence of her getting that enacting the revenge or whatever on the main tormentor was like one of the sort of promise of premise can only do it in this film. No, no. Highlight sequences. I I totally agree. I actually thought the mouth knife stab into the bean paste. Check, check. Brilliant. So, so good. Yeah. I mean, there's sort of an, uh, a, a, a second ending with the Haywan stuff. Which you know, all which, which great. A, you know, yeah. I I really thought when Haywan ex- escapes and we kind of don't see, like she gets the boat and she kind of just goes away. We don't really see her go away. We just know that she has gotten control of the boat and has left the island. And then we see Bagnam in the 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 cool shot of her laying down in the island and all that. Um. The next thing we see is her getting picked up um, and she's kind of dressed herself up and put makeup on and whatever. And I was like, this is really wonky, this fucking ending. Like, Haywan has just disappeared. That's honestly, that's when I was thinking, oh, I'm into it because I don't know what's happening. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that sort of I was like, I was like, this feels very strange i thought it was gonna like just kind of wrap it up tight which would have felt too tight somehow at that point right right. but to give it this full ending i felt it deserved and led up to was great and you just to mention that little moment where she yeah dresses herself all up because she's going off the island for the first time Mm -hmm. and someone on the boat says to her like questions her if she's crazy or something and she says oh do i look crazy you we know she just murdered a bunch of people but (laughs) that's she's actually asking right (laughs) That's just such a good touch of yeah. someone just being able to be like, oh, well, because I am wearing normal clothes and know how to put on makeup, I must not be crazy. Right, right. And he just kind of gives a little pause. But that's just, yeah. I think, a really fun idea. Of yeah. So I think what all I, crazy. I was very pleasantly surprised to see that we weren't done. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Very well, it start the movie. It starts off with a character who doesn't end up being the main character. That, so that, that was tricky yeah. to make work. But I will say it did work for me. By th- after the flashbacks, after that ending, yeah. it all tied it together. Lickety split. Yeah, that. Well, yeah, that became an early question of like, wait a minute, what the f- like? Wh- who are we? paying attention to and it became very clear very fast that Heiwan or that yeah that Heiwan was not the sort of main character but there was a transition of like wait uh, uh, 
are we going to get back to her somehow? Is this going to come? Because remember when I was thinking to myself, or I said this out loud, I was like, man, Haywan sucks mm-hmm. and she's going to get it. She's going to really get it. I thought the movie was going to be about her getting it. And it's not. Well, that's a, but she does get it. It kind of works to subvert our yeah. rape revenge expectation. Yeah. And that's films. good. Like yeah. that really, really worked. I think we would have, it would have been a lesser movie if it was somehow more about this shitty character, Haywan. She's such a foil in a good, in like the best way because she's representative of the shittiness of everybody. I mean, one of the best things of the whole movie is when fucking Becknam gets off the boat finally on the mainland for the first time she's very unsteady she like needs to be helped off the boat and you know it's like holy shit a new world right and she pays the the boat driver and he gives her back like half the money and he's like listen <laughs> you kind of need this more than i do kind of thing well she doesn't even know how much right, right. she's supposed to give it's like a kid just being like here is money yeah and <laughs> he go and so he said he gives her some advice he's like there's a boss you can do this do this and she, the next thing she says she's like oh there are kind people in the world mm-hmm. like this is the first time ever anyone's been nice anybody has been kind yeah and so having Wan be such an unkind person in the opening and then everybody on the island be so fucking unkind. Like that was a really like it was emotional for her, like watching a character be like, oh, that's a thing that exists. Yeah, that's fucking heartbreaking. That was a good moment. So, yeah, like mm, this is a good movie. The <laughs> last two things, just scenes that really worked for me was that stupid the boat guy who's like so oh my obviously betraying her when she's. So the moment where they're, they're trying to escape, where she's trying to escape with the daughter yeah. And you're just like, just leave. He's coming. He's coming. And the boat captain is like, oh, wait. Now, let me count the money again. I was Lights just so mad. Can't find his lighter. He's just being deliberately Ugh. fucking horrible. I just felt it in my chest, Tim. I know. You just want to fucking strangle like, him. Just get out of there. Just go. Steal the, You, you even, you're like, him. just steal the boat. Yeah. <laughs> so mad. So that, that was, I mean, hey, effectively getting caught up worked for me. Um, but then in a more kind of... I don't know, just being a good film, doing interesting, cool stuff uh, way. My other favorite, I think, scene next to the bean paste stuff that it led up to <laughs> was her looking at the sun as like a source of higher power. Oh, yeah. Just somehow snapping her into, hey, this is your purpose yeah. right now. And those shots are great. There's And it was just something cool about, yeah, the, her looking into it and then kind of the the older people around her the older women just kind of the way they're observing her and she's I don't know it was all cut together really cool they're like singing and being they're being kind of childish yeah they were singing their song that was it yeah that whole thing of just like they're fucking living in got like just fucking la la land right they're just like la fucking la none of this matters whatever oh yeah it doesn't matter that's what their lyrics are singing it's like i may be pretty and you may be young and it's all this weird doesn't matter because whatever we're still here it's so fucking annoying like it's it's so quintessential frustration to me of this it's it's this ostrich syndrome type shit of like la 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 i'm just not gonna look over there and see the horrible shit that's being done to a fellow human being like fuck come on guys but like the like the depiction of that in this way lands so fucking well because we're like yeah every fucking day 
we walk down the street and there's like a fucking dude laying in the middle of the street in LA and people just drive by. It's like, what the fuck guys? Like there's a person in the street. Like stop for a second. Yeah. See if they're all right. It's crazy to me, but we, it's all around us all the time. So, you know, I'm thinking about it. Yeah. It's nuts. So like, you know, I think this movie's actually fucking important in that respect. Yeah. And enjoyable. <laughs> and horrifying. Well, is it time we see if there's anything that did not work for us? Yeah. All right. What did not work? It's not ready yet. Seems to work okay. No, something important's missing. What did not work? <laughs> Honestly, this was just kind of like the last film where I have to more post. Well, why, why wasn't it the buy it? Like I think it was all great, but why wasn't the buy it? Mm-hmm. And it just kind of set. I mean, this is just the section where we talk about it. It makes it sound really like standards are this high kind of thing. But really, it's there is a difference when a film is just killing it on every single level. That like it brings this X factor. Mm-hmm. Like just when those those the best of the best films. And aside from like the bean paste moment and kind of the other moments that we talked about, like some of this, these standout scenes, but really just the scenes where you're like, I would say the pursuing potent possibilities, the scenes you can only do in this film. Mm -hmm. It was just kind of like, just kind of that typical drama shot, just, you know, it's just kind of telling a story without much kind of dynamic filmmaking kind Mm -hmm. of bringing a lot out that some of these really great scenes did right and so it was like all like really 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 good the movie but just there was that difference between that i could recognize between a really really good film and like a great buy it film yeah yeah i agree i think that i don't know i've been thinking about pacing a lot in terms of cuts like how certain films ramp up their cutting or or just play around with the pacing of their cutting to for emphasis of of whatever's going on and this one kind of i don't it doesn't seem i don't mean i have to rewatch it to like pull pick this apart more but it didn't seem like that was a big point of emphasis in the filmmaking mm-hmm there's great shots, then there's effective pacing in storytelling, but in the kind of like nuance of of editing for effect, I don't think that was just it just was it was sort of like down the middle. It was fine. It wasn't like holy shit. I mean, I would yeah. use for example, Alien. I think really effectively uses editing pacing you know because it's a pretty slow crawling movie and then starts to get into yeah fucking around with that to make you feel things this didn't feel like that i look at it as the editing is serving what is there really well and is like coming off of functioning like what is there Uh but i think the because of what we just said about it's you know really really good not great and it does kind of have this epic scope to it that it's it's again it really works for in itself but 
but it has that sort of scope as if it was a great, 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 great film. And I think the whatever it would be to make it better, like more scenes that are just packed with that interesting symbology or just Mm -hmm. kind of stuff that seemed fresh or different or really working with all the pieces, then you would have the editing just come out more because it's being a reflection Mm. of those things. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Like, you can see that. like an example, I guess I used to describe that a lot too, is like, listen to have the soundtracks work this similar way. Listen to the soundtracks of the original Star Wars films where you have a, a moment that allows for Luke just looking off into the mm-hmm. sunset and having one of the, you know, the cinema's best moments. Right. But then you look at all the new ones and it's just kind of like a melange of themes you don't really pick up on. There's never a moment. Right, right. Like these films ne- like hardly ever settle down for a moment. And it's not to say like that the means the music isn't great. It's just that it never had the opportunity to, you know. Yeah. Except, yeah. you know, you know what I mean? Well, and actually, you know, that sort of leads me to my other thing that didn't work. I just think the music in this was... It suffers from that corn, kind of corny synthy stuff at times that I'm just uh, like, I wish that wasn't there. <laughs> I got to pull, you say this more often, I just didn't notice it. <laughs> yeah. No, this one, this one, there were a couple moments where it was cheap. I was like, that's cheesy. Yeah. It's actually hurting the moment for me. Yeah. So whatever. Other than that, most pretty much everything's working. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, you know. All right. Nothing stood out where I was like, no, no. And that's, you know, kind of rare. (laughs) Yeah. And I think there's a lot more too that was working that is coming up that we didn't talk about. So just again, to just kind of say that, to say, uh, we're, we're always this section, you know, yeah, maybe not so obvious things that did not work. Yeah. Okay. Then that means next section, things of note. I feel like we didn't hammer home the pivotal aha moment of realizing that Haywan had witnessed the daughter's death. Yeah. That comes later um, as a as a as a flashback sort of reveal that that. Baknam had had seen Hewan on the le- like the ridge above her when her daughter had been killed. So she knew that Hewan was a witness to this. And therefore, when Hewan says, I didn't see anything, it's not because she she is just didn't see anything. It's because she, she's fucking lying again. Mm-hmm. And so the justification of Baknam being like, you're you're in on this, too. like you deserve my wrath as well um is i think just an important point to make sorry so that yeah. should have been in things that worked <laughs> okay a thing of note was that we were missing a thing that worked yep there you go <laughs> um, i thought it was really interesting i just tell me what you think this is because i mean maybe what this means or what they're why this choice was made but i think it was a choice and it was interesting how the only older people, the only other people on the island that are this older generation are all women, and the only man is like Alzheimer's invalid dude. Like, yeah, that's I, interesting choice. Agree. I think, yeah, I don't, 
I don't know what to think of it. Like, I don't know what it's... It brought... I mean, uh, to, to tie it back to another thing... Sorry, I shouldn't have cut you off. What did you... No, I'm kind of just... I don't know <laughs> okay. what to think. It did... Well, maybe we could pick it up for... Where there is something really cool how it did lead to the moment of this Alzheimer's Inflid guy then burying everyone on the island. Right. And then maybe that could connect to the idea of when one of the women says earlier what men are good for are like the roofing tasks, <laughs> right, these right. kind of like labor yeah. tasks and burying people is that, I don't know. Well, I, I kind of took away from that moment, just the act of kindness that Bach Nam shows to him by giving him a haircut and not then, killing him. <laughs> yeah. Then kind of like has an impact where he's like, Oh, you did this kind thing for me. I'm going to do this other kind thing. And like, yeah, just as a way of, of showing as to what a little bit of kindness. Can yeah, do. that was kind of the vague. But but to your point, in the broader sense, I'm not. I mean, it's effective, obviously, that that's the only dude. I don't know what it says. It. Could, I mean, outside of it him being a dude, it's just. An, I mean, maybe just to show he's different, or there's some kind of separation. But well, he it is does, the only one that. Um, or you can. It just suggests a broader question of like, where did all the other men go? Why are these they, they two... say something at some point they mention it. They says you're right. They say something about them all dying. Yeah. Like but, there was a flu or something. But, I don't remember. But you said it's Alzheimer's, but it's just more plays in the film as just like this dude's response to these totally horrible women running it. Yeah. Running it. You know, it no, is what it is. They set the tone yeah. is just to check out. Oh, you know, well, there's also the leaves, the, the, what are the leaves they say? Uh, oh man. Oh, the joke at the beginning of the yeah, film. They make you bonkers or something like that. Yeah. I don't know if that's the word they use, but like, she's like, what are they chewing on? And she says like, oh, those are bonker leaves or I'm making this up. <laughs> those are dodo leaves or whatever. Cause they yeah. turn you into a dodo or a bonker or whatever the fuck. Um, so maybe there's something in that that there's something there. I just don't know what it is. And all this makes me think this would be a pretty cool film to revisit when the time is right. You know, just mm -hmm. there is a lot to kind of chew on. That's probably in the earlier like stuff. That would be fun. Chew on those leaves. <laughs> <laughs> um, I liked the the tagline of the film that said it was on Letterboxd. Nothing is more deadly than a woman seeking revenge. Boom. The boom part I added. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess, sure. I mean, it's sort of a hell hath no fury. Yeah, well, I, feel. Did, I mean, what more like powerful force sleeping giant, you know? Sure. <laughs> kind yeah. of, and a representative of a lot of the world of just the state of the world. Yeah. Of, you know, yeah. women being, yeah, we know, we know. <laughs> um, yeah. The uh I was looking at an interview with the director Jeng Chol Su. Uh it's it just a little like, you know, stuff behind some more meaning behind it the level that they were thinking about it of. Um I think the question they set up uh or no, this was his response to sort of, you know, the meaning of the name Baknam. So the name Baknam means a boy with luck. Sounds hmm. interesting in accordance with the film's attentive eye on the social structure where women have been suppressed. In fact, Korean parents from the past didn't care much on daughter's naming compared to their son. To me, Baknam's name is already a single violence, act of violence on the female. 
actually the name Baknam also has an ironical, this is all translated. That's why I said ironical, I realized. <laughs> as, as an ironic meaning of out of luck. Hmm. And it doesn't sound like a woman's name. And clearly it is a kind of old fashioned name from the countryside. I just like the name that it has multiple implications. That's cool. Um, and then just another quote from the same interview from this was from cinematoday.korea.com. Personally, I prefer story. <laughs> I prefer story of personally. I prefer a story of the story of a weak person who breaks through the wall of reality and overcomes burdens of destiny to one showing off her a heroic figure, helping the weak out of danger. Hmm. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Bedeviled. 2010. Bedeviled. Straight from South Korea. There's a lot. I mean, it's it's good. It's good stuff. There's a that you you made me realize that the, there's a, a there's an added dynamic culturally to her having a daughter specifically, and the idea of like the uh, the dude who who you know he says at the end a lot like I fucking like I took you in. You know, like this, I did you this great favor. You should be fucking grateful. Yeah. So like there's even more weight to that with this idea of like, I took you in with a daughter. If that's a sort of a thing that's like not really like oh, daughters are mm-hmm. le- less worthwhile or whatever, <laughs> you know. Not worth giving a name, thinking about the name meaning as yeah, you just said. Yeah. You know, so that I think is a cool, yeah, dynamic that, that we western dopes you know won't pick up on as much as quickly yeah so yeah it's good it's good movie great that's all for bedeviled yeah which maybe last thing of note actually is that with that title don't know what it is at all if i was a devil it could be ghost i don't know it could be anything anyway bedeviled 2010 all right (laughs) All right, we're done with that. Next is if we have recommendations. Fuck. I want to recommend Dead. I told you after Colorado Space, I was going on a Richard Stanley bent, the director of that, Mm -hmm, and just listening, mm -hmm. getting a kick out of all his interviews and perspective and real life um, um, history. And went back. I'd never seen his film that put him on the map hardware. It was great. (laughs) I recommend Ed Hardware from 1990, Richard Stanley. It was such a fun example of like, where they're so clearly working on a budget, but such like a good job of just building this rich like world that has a feel and Mm -hmm. character and something, something consistent. And I don't know. It was just... Yeah, really inspiring in that way. Really, really cool. Um, fun too. Just and in, in did how it play how it did play out. There are definitely some kill moments there of setting people up to be horrible and then killing them that I thought of you with Tim that you'd enjoy. <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah. recommended uh, after Color Out of Space Hardware. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Um, I finally finished. Watchmen, the TV series on HBO. So that's mine. So you do watch things. Very rarely. (laughs) (laughs) No, I've been hearing good things. Um, I wasn't, I was unsure at first and I took a long break and then I came back to it 
recently and finished it out and and actually it's very good great so that's mine that it, it's solid all and, right and like you you need to read the comic book if you haven't read the comic book before you, you, you fucking read the comic book guys don't worry about <laughs> which the, one's your recommendation don't worry about the fucking what's his name movie uh Zack snyder yeah Zack snyder movie i like that movie i think it's <laughs> fine but it's not the comic book yeah. i mean it is but it isn't but like you guys need to read the comic book. But my recommendation is the show. It's good. It's on HBO. I'm going for our hat, Tim. Get into it. Our hat's getting low. So we decided we're just going to pull to the very last one, then refresh the hat. There you but go. It looks like there's what, like maybe eight, eight or so left? I think so. All right. But next week's film will be... Oh, it's a the, long one. The Devil's Doorway. Wow. Bedeviled the devil's doorway. Look cool. at this. Martyrs to bedeviled related thematically, then wordly re- related. Bedeviled <laughs> to the devil's doorway. Sweet. I don't know what it is. Who knows? Maybe you've seen it, in which case you have. You should join us next week. Even if you haven't, you should join us next week. Even if you haven't, you should watch it and then join us next week. The devil's doorway. But until then, you can find us at dismemberinghorror.com. We got our socials there you can get to. We post on Instagram. And our big ask is to tell a friend about our show if you're enjoying listening to it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. Yeah, that sounds good to you. Yeah. Great. Cool. All right. All right. In closing, then, thanks for listening. And we will see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.